Validation is not quite the same as enthusiasm. Validation is actively listening to and making the effort to understand your partner. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's a sad thing, but with our children, with our friends, with our mates, after a while we stop listening. This week, researchers looked at married couples who had been together for over a decade and then followed them for another 13 years. Dr. Noel Nelson explains what they found, including the three characteristics of a long, happy marriage. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, hitchmag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the brilliant Dr. Noelle Nelson. Hi, Noelle. Hi, Steve. Hello. Um, Noelle, for those tuning in for the first time, or it's been a while, uh, is a clinical psychologist, a consultant, a popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad. Uh, She is also the author of uh, just a tremendous amount of books, over a dozen best-selling books. Um, One of her most recent, if not the most recent, is um, I Survived COVID-19, What Now? Finding Happiness and Success in a Post-COVID World. Ah, we can all use that, right? Um, You can find out more at her website, noellenelson.com. And of course, you can find uh, her contact information and more at our website, hitchmag.com. So Noelle, uh, you are joining us today and we are going to talk about three intriguing characteristics of successful, happy, long-term marriages. Um, A recent study out of UC Berkeley found some interesting characteristics of happy long-term marriages that you'd like to share with us today. Yes, indeed, I would. And before we get to the the actual characteristics, because they are fascinating, and here's the thing, though, you don't have to wait for your 25th wedding anniversary to implement them or develop them. Mm. That, I, I love that, um, yes. and that really helps me out a lot. Although I will say, and I don't know if you know this, um, Jess and I have not been married for 25 years. However, um, we have been we were we were together and living together just shy of 10 years before we actually got married. So wanted to test it out, huh? <laughs> yeah, we wanted to make sure that we liked each other. So anyway, so while we haven't been married 25 years, we've been together for. Uh, I think we're about to get close to two decades, if not terrific. Past. Yeah. So anyways, so yes. we're not there, but so anyways, so tell us about the study uh, so that we can orient this discussion. Yes. Now, I just loved how this study was conducted. This is psychologists analyzing videotaped interactions of 87 couples who'd been married 15 to 25 years. And the most intriguing part is they followed these couples over a period of 13 years. Wow. Can you imagine? I mean, we're talking about great lab 
experimentation, mm-hmm. not in the lab, obviously, because mm-hmm. they, they were, you know, at home and so forth. But it's a lot like what Dr. Gottman did, who's right. the very, 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 very famous and first, as far as I know, to have conducted that sort of research. The advantage to it, of course, is you're getting, you're not just getting answers on a form. The psychologists are actually looking at and analyzing the videotaped interactions. And granted, the first few times a couple is videotaped, they may be on good behavior, but they won't hold that for 13 years. <laughs> right. So for yeah. 13 years, believe me, you're going to get the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything else. Um, so that was how the study was conducted and what I thought really interesting uh, about it. And then the first defining characteristic hold on to your hat here, Okay, is, of all things, humor. So humor is the first characteristic of successful. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and so you I, did you add the happy part of this conversation, or is that part of the study? Uh, you know, they were looking at the overall emotional tenor, T-E-N-O-R, okay. of the uh, couples over okay. time. So they weren't specifically looking at are these going to end up happy? But they do define them as successful. And successful does, in psychological parlance, include a degree of happiness. Right. It's not a survival. No. It's not, it's not a merit, long-term survival. It's, it's successful. No. So, okay. It's successful and it's contentment and it's um, a satisfaction with the marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, we're, we're definitely looking at that. Got it. Okay. So humor. Um, yes. Humor. What about humor? Like, I, I mean, um, I'm guessing just being able to laugh with your spouse, not necessarily having to be a stand-up comedian in the kitchen. <laughs> well, for sure, it doesn't mean sarcastic responses or demeaning jokes. Not right. at all. The humor that these psychologists found was friendly teasing, mm. silliness, and easy jokes, meaning non-hurtful right. jokes. But the thing is, if you think back, for most of us anyway, when we were in our courtship phases, we did a lot of friendly teasing. Right. It's it's a little bit like the um the like the pigtail tugging and you know yeah. that kind of stuff. Um and and when you and we when we talk about like the 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 light teasing stuff uh and and the and the easy jokes, I'm guessing when you describe that and and me attempting to describe it, these are not things that attack the other person, but maybe pick on something that they had done or like, what can, can you define it a little bit better for us about what this actually looks like? Sure. Like think about when you, your spouse really, really, really likes, I don't know, pizza. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, mm, pizza for breakfast. Yum. That's teasing. Right. That's not, what, what are you doing? You're going to get fat doing that. Right. That's not, that's not teasing. That's okay. mean. Got it. <laughs> but, you know, saying things like, you know, it, it, which in, in a sense are a buried compliment, if you will. Mm. Like, yes, an orange scarf. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But actually, you really love that orange scarf on him or her. And you're, you're just gently sort of, you know, poking at it. Mm-hmm. In a in a teasing way, because one gets tired of saying you look great in an orange star, scarf. Right, and and you know one of the other things that I was thinking of is um, 
there's, we know, like, I can't, I'm trying to remember where this came from, but I remember reading some sort of study about this where, um, couples bonding together over a mutual, like laugh of something outside of their relationship. Absolutely. And absolutely. And uh, I'm guessing that would be like right in the wheelhouse of this because it is a bonding thing. And I know my, my wife and I, for example, um, we just have this like long time running joke from a trip we took to Italy way back in the day. Um, and it was just something that somebody said to us. And all I have to do is repeat those words and we both start giggling because exactly. we know exactly what it's about, where it came from, the whole shebang. And no, and everybody else would just think we're nuts if they heard us say it. Mm-hmm. That's why it's a bonding experience for the two of you. Right. Not a bonding experience with the world at large. Right. And the other one, the, the, the other aspect of humor, which we do a lot of in courtship, or at least some in courtship, and it falls off dramatically after that, is silliness. Mm. Absolute, ridiculous silliness. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, <laughs> I remember I was in Venice with a boyfriend, and there was a famous statue that that stood up on kind of an arabesque position, which is like you're balancing on one leg with your other leg mm-hmm. out behind you. And don't, don't ask me why. He got himself next to the statue and did his version of it, which was awful and silly and funny. And he did it purely to get a laugh out of me, which he did. Mm-hmm. And just as with your experience with Jess and the funny thing that happened that you remind each other of, all he would have to do later on was just sort of assume even a, a smidgen of that position, I would crack up. It right. was great. Yep. That's silliness. It doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't offend. Mm-hmm. It's just silly. Right. Okay. So the first characteristic of a successful, happy, long-term marriage is humor. Mm-hmm. What comes next? Ah, you'll like this one. Cause I know you do this one, you and Chess. Enthusiasm. So what does that mean? Your beloved has taken up kayaking. You would prefer to yawn and do something completely different. But he or she doesn't ask you to to get on the kayak. What you do is you be enthusiastic. And successful couples, happy couples, will enthuse over whatever it is that their mate likes. Mm -hmm. Or, in other words, is enthused about. So it doesn't really matter what it is, whether it's cooking or kayaking or tending a garden or, or playing with the dog. If the spouse is enthusiastic and enjoys that, then in a successful long-term couple, the non-participating uh, spouse will enthuse over it as well. So when you, um, when you describe this as enthusiastic, or mm-hmm. um, just to be clear, we're not talking about participatory. We're more talking about nope. supportive. Yep. Okay. So if he or she runs off on that marathon, you go, yay, honey, that's great. I'm thrilled for you. Have a great time. And we'll have a pancake breakfast when you get back. Right. And so the opposite of this, uh, to like really drive home this point, would be your mm-hmm. spouse doing something like r- going on a marathon and mm-hmm. you just being like, I don't know why you waste your Saturdays mm-hmm. running down a blacktop mm-hmm. with other And do you know how stupid you look in that, in that outfit? Right, right. Or the other, which is is actually more common, is complete indifference. Mm, which is awful. <laughs> oh, it's killing. It's just killing. Indifference, mm-hmm. much like boredom, literally kills, and people don't realize it, but it does. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, 
the uh, the indifference is is that like a close cousin to stonewalling? You said you brought yes. up John Gottman and his research. Uh, no, uh, stonewalling is a deliberate behavior. Indifference is an emotion okay. or a a uh, an attitude, if you will, as opposed to a behavior. Um, you can be indifferent by with a look, with silence, with mm-hmm. just saying yeah, whatever. That is not the same thing as stonewalling. No. Okay. Just, okay. They're both pretty awful. Right, right. (laughs) Right. I mean, when you think about, particularly when this is an activity that your spouse is participating in, you Mm -hmm. assume, I I would assume that they're doing it because it brings them joy. um, Oh, sure. Or interest or whatever. And the fact that they would have this experience and then you would be completely indifferent to it or ignore it or not be supportive of it. Uh, you have to think, okay, if they aren't getting that from you, where are they going to go with that enthusiasm? Because they want to release it somewhere. Not just release it. They want to share it. Right, right, right. And so Whether whether it's on Facebook or in person or whatever, we love to share our experiences. Yes. Yes. So, so, it, so just, I guess, um, if this feels like a difficult task for you, um, consider the alternative what the alternative options are for your spouse. Right. right. Uh, and you probably don't like where that heads. No. And more than that, you know, we all grow and change over time. And these are, this is about long-term couples. Right, 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 right. You take it anywhere from five years to 50 years, doesn't matter. It's, it's something that goes beyond the honeymoon phase, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to wonder how close your relationship is going to be if one of you is doing something exciting to them and the other one is going, yeah, whatever. It, it doesn't, it, it, if, if it frays, it tears apart the bond between you. Cause again, go back to courtship. Right. Didn't matter what he or she did. You loved it. Right. Well, this also gets to the, um, the, the, the term that people, uh, use as well, which is they grow apart and this is what Correct. they mean. One person. Exactly. Yeah. One person has this hobby. It might be an old one. It might be a new one. Right. Um, but when you don't show any kind of interest or enthusiasm toward it, uh, they will eventually find somebody who does. That uh, is correct. And the one last thing I'm going to bring up about this, and you know this, which is, so my wife, Jessica, she runs her own podcast called Gymcastic, and it's a huge gymnastics podcast. And um, before I met her, uh, I was your typical person in the population where I would catch gymnastics on during the Olympics every four years. And that was pretty much the extent of my knowledge <laughs> was whatever NBC showed me four years, uh, at a time. Um, because she was so interested and enthused about it. Um, I started showing enthusiasm about it as well. Uh, fast forward, anybody who's listened to this podcast already knows I have written one book and I'm about to publish my second book. <laughs> on, uh, related to the subject of gymnastics because of my showing interest with her hobby and then basically finding myself within the gymnastics network of people. Mm -hmm. And it has opened up an entire career opportunity for me that I never in a million years would have seen coming. And I don't know what my life, I can't imagine my life without it now, which is, uh, which is crazy. But here's the thing that's important for us to, 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 to share with our listeners, which is you didn't end up going into gymnastics. You didn't even end up doing a gymnastics podcast. Right. You followed your own 
interest, which is writing, for example, and being curious about the experience of gymnastics and took it in that direction. So again, the enthusiasm doesn't have to drive, you don't have to fake it. You don't have to force yourself into a mold that doesn't fit. I'm going to go back to kayaking because, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. half the world loves it and half the world doesn't. And to recognize that you can simply cheer your mate on or simply be willing to go look, you know, go sit on the beach yeah. and, and watch yeah. him or her every so often. It doesn't take much. Right. Enthusiasm doesn't have to be, although it's always nice, but it doesn't have to be jumping up and down at every opportunity. Right. You know, I that's such a great point that you brought up about basically bringing your own self and your own interests to whatever it is that your spouse is enthusiastic about. Um, another example that I thought of as you were talking is if your spouse loves gardening, for example, and mm-hmm. let's just take it a step further and say that they actually uh, grow fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. Well, you might not be interested in getting your hands dirty and the dirt and whatnot and planting and watering and all that stuff, but you might um, be really enthusiastic about cooking. And so you could like share in that enthusiasm by saying like, oh my gosh, with all these uh, eggplant that you grew, I found these like really great recipes Right. And, uh, you know, share, so you share in that experience together and you cheer on your spouse and they're growing because you have found your way of participating in that event. Correct. So now you are strengthening the bond rather than letting yourselves drift apart. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So being enthusiastic about your spouse's activity, interest, hobby, etc. Got it. You mentioned that there are three of these things. So what is the third intriguing characteristic? Probably not very surprising, but it is validation. Mm. Validation is not quite the same as enthusiasm. Validation is actively listening to and making the effort to understand your partner. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a sad thing, but with our children, with our friends, with our mates, after a while, we stop listening. Right. We think we already know everything there is, especially with long-term mates. We think there's, we know everything there is to know about them. So we sort of let whatever they're saying be kind of background noise, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and we cease to interact with it, if you will, on other than a, just a superficial kind of polite level. Well, a superficial polite level is fine for the barista. <laughs> right. It is not fine for your spouse. Right. So... Validation is making the effort when they're talking about something which is relevant, important to them to, pardon the expression, shut up, put your Mm -hmm. phone down, and actually look at them and listen and then offer whatever reaction comment you have. It doesn't have to be a um, laudatory comment, by the way. It can be, well, I'm confused. I'm not quite seeing what's got you so hooked into this. Help me out. Mm-hmm. That's an attempt to understand. That's still bonding. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ha, uh, it's it's almost a cliche with um, infidelity of when people are asked, like, you, you know, why did you do it or what happened? And mm-hmm. they will say, they listened to me. Yep. And that's all they were looking for the whole time. Yep. Um, and since I brought it up, uh, I'm going to just go all in now, do a little log rolling here. Um, the, the, the first book that I wrote was, is called life is short. Don't wait to dance. Mm -hmm. And in it, uh, there is an anagram that relates directly to what we're talking about. And the anagram is, uh, listen. And when you rearrange the letters, they, uh, spell silent. 
And so in, ah. order, in order to listen, you need to be silent. And so if that helps you <laughs> when you're thinking about trying to listen, uh, and you said it, uh, be quiet. <laughs> yes. That's very good. I like that. I will remember that. I will probably steal that. That's very good. Be my guest. Um, <laughs> yeah, because it is. It's so important. And, um, you know, when I was going through journalism school, uh, one of the things that we learned as an interviewing technique is to just shut up, uh, yep. just be quiet. And so often the person that you're interviewing will become uncomfortable with the silence mm-hmm. and then they will continue to talk and then give you what you actually asked them for when they tried to give you the, uh, the PR spin or whatever it was at the top. So, mm-hmm. um, just being silent is, I can't express like how powerful it is in a conversation. It's really, yes. yeah. Anyways. So I would suggest that silence is wonderful. You can't possibly hear unless you're being quiet. And also, I would add curiosity. Yes. Genuine curiosity about your mate, which is one of the things that drops off with longer-term marriages, unless one pays attention to that. You you have to make a little bit of an effort to remain curious. Right. Because generally, they aren't doing something super spectacular like climbing the Himalayas. They're doing something like they grew a bigger eggplant. So, you know, it's up to you to get curious. Say, oh, well, how, how did you manage that? That's kind of cool. Um, there is a book by Brian Glazer, who is like a movie producer. He's the partner, like the Hollywood partner of um, um, Ron Howard. And uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the book. Oh, it's called A Curious Mind. Great and, title. And um, I think you'd really like it. I think our listeners would really like it. it was, it's, it's a fast read. It's super entertaining. Basically, he talks about how he was growing up near the Hollywood uh, stuff and was just curious. And so he would um, just randomly ask people out for lunch uh, and just basically ask them questions for like an hour or two. And, um, he's done this his entire life and he talks about the benefits of just being curious has brought his career and the opportunities and the things that he's learned. And anyways, it's, it's highly entertaining. Um, it's really fast. It's, and it's also really powerful, I think, to the point that you're trying to make. Well, now just think, let's take this into the marriage realm. All right. Just imagine there you are on date night. I certainly hope by now you are doing a date night. And you just arbitrarily think, you know what? Every date night, I'm going to ask one or two questions about whatever my mate's been up to. Mm -hmm. There's your curiosity factor. And just one or two, instead of, okay, what typically can happen on date night if we're not paying attention? We go to the restaurant, we order the meal, we eat the meal, we go to the movie, we go to bed, we go to sleep. Right. Boring. (laughs) (laughs) Not the purpose of date night. Right. So if you just decided ahead of time, oh, let's see, what happened this week that I might be curious about? Mm-hmm. Not as in want to pry. There's a difference. But just be curious about. So uh, I noticed you went kayaking a couple more times this week. What was that about for you? Mm-hmm. It's that innocuous. Right. It doesn't have to be, oh, spending more time in that kayak than you are with me. What's wrong with you? It's not that kind of curious. Right. And, you know, and it gets back to like, again, this is like one of those 
terms that starts getting thrown around a lot. And I think it starts to lose its meaning, but it's when people say like, I see you, like, that's what, that's really what it is. Like I, I see you, I see what you're doing and I'm, I'm genuinely interested and curious. Yes. And to your point, like, I don't necessarily want to jump in the kayak with you, but I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for your happiness and I'm here to support it. That's really, that is a great way of putting it. I'm rooting for your happiness and I'm here to support it. That is absolutely terrific. Um, what are the consequences of developing humor, enthusiasm, and validation, those three characteristics that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. as ways of interacting with your spouse? In addition to, of course, to the behaviors that we usually think of, such as love, affection, trustworthiness, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, this is sliding over to the negative side, but in a good way, you'll okay. see. <laughs> okay. Which is, a consequence of these behaviors is that criticism drops off. Stonewalling drops off. Mm. Men tend to less anger and women to less contempt. Mm. Now, if you think back to good old Dr. Gottman's research, (laughs) Mm -hmm. those are all part of the things that lead to divorce. Right. And they literally just drop off as couples stay together long term. If, and that's a big fat if they are allowing these other characteristics to come to the fore. After all, if you've got a sense of humor, it's a lot harder to be critical. If you're validating, you're not likely to stonewall. And if you're being silly, you're probably not as angry and it's a little harder to show contempt. Right, right. I mean, in a way, it kind of reminds me of the Dr. Martin Luther King quote about darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Correct. Um, and that's really what it is. You're not giving the relationship any space to have that negative stuff because you've filled it with all this positive stuff. Right. Right. I love that. And the, the, the conclusion, really the main takeaway of this research, which is quit taking yourself so seriously. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, it's funny because I think sometimes people, um, people forget that they're like, they chose their spouse that they, um, this is an adventure that you guys chose to go on together and it's supposed to be fun. And when it's not fun, like I think it's time to hit the pause button a second and think like, well, why, why is this not fun anymore? And how can we change it? Right. Because more often than not, it's not one of the biggies. More often than not, it's not infidelity, it's not gambling, it's not drugs. More often than not, it's the little stuff. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, this is great. Um, Was there anything else that you wanted to add before we wrap this episode up? Just a quick reminder that you can cultivate humor, enthusiasm, and validation right now. It doesn't matter if you've been married three months. (laughs) You can cultivate it right now. You don't have to wait. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it would be a good habit to get into as early as possible. Like (laughs) the recommendation is don't wait for 25 years. (laughs) So, okay. We will wrap this up. Thank you so much, Noelle. It is always a pleasure. And I look forward to doing these with you every single time you're on. Thank you so much. And I want to remind you guys before we uh, go that you have been listening to Dr. Noelle Nelson, a clinical psychologist, a consultant, a popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, an author of many, many best-selling books. Um, her most recent relationship book is uh, Happy... Well, no. What is your most recent relationship book? 
I don't. Your I, man is wonderful. Your man is wonderful. Thank you. Um, she has. I, I have written down here um, before your "I Survived COVID nineteen What Now?" Uh, before that one, it was "Happy Healthy Dead." Why what you think you know about aging is wrong and how to get it right. Um, like I said, she's written many best-selling books. I recommend reading all of them. Uh, you can find them at her website, noelnelson.com. We have them listed on, uh, we have the contact listed on our website, uh, hitchedmag.com, along with the entire archive of podcasts. Um, we have cracked 600 episodes now, which I'm really excited about. Um, and uh, we have a free newsletter that goes out on Monday that I recommend um, subscribing to. It's free. It takes about 30 seconds to sign up for. And it also includes... Um, a little note about the most recent podcast episode so you can stay up to date uh, and check that out. Okay, we will do it. That is uh, a wrap for this week. Until next time, take care, everybody.